All right. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad you're here today and so glad you've joined us on social media. Hey, let's turn in our Bibles to John, the 10th chapter. John, the 10th chapter and the first verse says most Jesus is speaking and he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, uh, last week I began a series on the sheepfold. And uh, if you missed that, I'd recommend that you go back. You can go to our Facebook page or, you know, YouTube or whatever, several places you can go, our, our uh, internet site at summitchurch.us. You can go there and get that. I'd recommend that you go listen to that if you missed it. Uh, and it'll, it'll help you better to, to follow along today. But uh, I will do some reviews. So if you missed last week, you'll be able to, to follow right along well enough. But uh, last week I opened with this verse and then I read the next 14 verses where Jesus is talking about a sheepfold. And, uh, and so I'd recommend that you, you read that. I did mention that some of the material that, that I uh, have gleaned from was from a book by Mark Barclay that he wrote many years ago. He's a good minister on sheep, goats, and wolves. So we need to give honor to whom honors due. So some of the material and thoughts that I got, uh, I got out of his book many years ago. But, uh, but Jesus in, in John the 10th chapter, he talks about a sheepfold, and he likens Christians to sheep. He likens Christians to sheep. And, uh, you know, as I said last week, the local church is much like a sheepfold. It's much like a sheepfold. And in a sheepfold are the local church. When I say sheepfold now, you need to think local church, okay? Sheepfold and local church, same thing, all right? And so... Uh, uh, in the, in the sheepfold or in the local church, we find the following. All right. We find a shepherd, you know, who is a pastor and then a hireling. And we talked about a hireling, you know, and, and you'll find sheep, goats, wolves and guard dogs. All right. So in a sheepfold or in a local church, you're going to find the shepherd. And then you could find a hireling. And... Uh, Sheep, goats, wolves, and guard dogs. Okay, so I mentioned those last week. And what we're doing here is we're looking at the characteristics of each. The characteristics of each. And the reason that I'm preaching this message is to help you locate yourself. Which one of these are you? You know, are you a sheep? Are you a goat? We hope you're not a wolf. We hope you're not a wolf. And... Uh, uh, but, but locate yourself. You need to locate yourself. And, uh, so, so that's why I'm teaching this is to help you locate yourself. And if you are in one of these bad categories, like if you found that, that you were a, uh, a goat, well, repent and become a sheep. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, and also I'm teaching this to enable you to recognize others in a church that could be a danger or would be a danger to you. I think you'd agree that a wolf would be a danger to you. So you, you need to understand some of these things to be able to recognize others that could be a danger to you. A hireling could be a danger to you, you know. Uh, 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 someone who is not the pastor 
but yet is filling the role of a pastor, just hired to do a job, you know. And remember, Jesus said that the hireling doesn't care for the sheep. And when the wolves attack, he'll leave the sheep defenseless and, 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 and the hireling will run off. So, you know, we need to, you need to understand these different, these different aspects of a sheepfold because it can protect you. So I, I'm teaching it for that reason as well, to, to protect you, you see, from others that could hurt you. And so just by way of review, remember a shepherd, the shepherd is the pastor. Notice Acts 20, verse 28. I didn't, I didn't look this up last week, but let's look it up. Paul is speaking to the elders in, the, in Ephesus here. And he says this in Acts 20, verse 28. He says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and all the flock. So he's likening the, the believers there in Ephesus to the flock, like a flock of sheep. And he says, take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. You see, so a real shepherd, a real pastor is an overseer of a flock. And then he says to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And you need to realize the church belongs to Jesus. The sheep belong to Jesus. He purchased, you know, you and me and all of us with his own blood. But And and Jesus is the chief shepherd, you know. But he has placed... Uh, uh, human beings, men and women certainly could be pa- a pastor as well. And I think it works best if you have a husband and a wife doing it, you know, being a pastor. But certainly, uh, you know, you have single men pastoring, single women pastoring. I think it works best if you have a, a, a married couple pastoring a church. But, uh, but he, Jesus is the chief shepherd and he has set uh, under shepherds. Uh, like here in this, lo, uh, you know, over under shepherds, he places over local churches. So I would be the under shepherd of this of this church here at Summit Church. Now, you don't belong to me. You belong to Jesus. You understand that. But as, but but he set me as your pastor. So in that regard, you would belong to me. Do you understand that? You would be my responsibility would be a better way of saying it. And so um, uh, the shepherd is the pastor of the sheepfold. And uh, remember, uh, uh, a good shepherd, a good pastor will edify or build up the sheep, will lovingly correct the sheep, you know, if needed. Now, now, a pastor, first and foremost, ought to build up the congregation, edify and build up and, and encourage. But then if the congregation does need correction, then the pastor ought to take the word of God and lovingly do that. And you understand that. And, and a good shepherd will leave the 99 who are serving and go after the, serving the Lord faithfully and go after that one sheep that's gone astray. You understand? Not that you'd forsake the 99, but you understand what Jesus was saying there. You, you care about the 99, but if you see a sheep go astray, a good shepherd will go after that sheep and, and try to restore him, you know. We talked about these things last week. And, uh, a good shepherd will know his sheep and the state of his flock, you know. And will serve lovingly and willingly as an overseer, not as a dictator. And uh, will be an example of gentleness and godliness to the flock. A good shepherd won't steal sheep from another sheepfold. Remember I told you last week about that minister years ago, many, many back, way back yonder, who uh, he, he stole sheep from other uh, two other churches. And remember I, I told you he wound up, he was dead at... I think it was 38 years old and he's dead. Uh, 
And I tell you another one along uh, along these lines. Uh, and I'm going to share a few stories in here and say some things that I normally wouldn't say that I haven't said for years. But I do so to enlighten you and help you. And I, I think you'll see as we go along. But I want you to know some of these things I've never talked about or, 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 or don't typically mention. But I think in the context of teaching this lesson, it will bring some light to you and help you. But I remember uh, one pastor many years ago when I was younger, probably in my, uh, well, in my 20s and into the late 20s, I heard this statement made. I heard it uh, come, come over the uh, television. And uh, he was pastoring and his son was working with him as his, as his chief assistant. And uh, uh, I remember the, the, the son came up in front of the congregation and in front of the television camera and said uh, to the congregation, if you faithfully attended here for years and wind up in the hospital, we, speaking of him and his dad, who was the, the leader of the church or the pastor, he said, we will not, he said, if you attend here for years faithfully and wind up in the hospital, we will not be there to visit you. We don't have time. We have to pray. And uh, later you find out that these two are at car shows and at the lake vacationing and so on and so forth. I noted that as a young as a young man. I noted that and I wind up I, I noted that and I know and I also noted and noticed that the leader of that ministry was dead at 56 years old. Now that ought to startle you. You need to realize God takes it very seriously the way pastors treat the congregation. And you also need to realize that God takes it very seriously the way the congregation treats the pastor. Goes both ways. And I'll say a few more things about that as we go. But sobering, isn't it? And I noted that when that when that his son made that statement, I noted that. And I also noted when the man is dead, the leader of it's dead at 56. Um, I'm going to say it again. God takes it very seriously. The way. Ministers, pastors treat congregations, but he takes it. God takes it just as seriously the way congregations treat pastors. Some congregations have treated their pastors miserably. So I said some things about the pastor and then some congregations treat their congreg some congregations treat their pastor wonderfully. And some pastors treat their congregations well. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I'm on the negative side of it, but let's get on the positive. There's a lot of pastors, a lot of good pastors, wonderful pastors that treat their congregations wonderfully. And then there's a lot of congregations that treat their pastors wonderfully. You understand that? But there's also a negative side to it. And then I said some things to you about sheep. Sheep love to uh, go quick through these because I went through these last week. But sheep love to lay down in green pastures and drink from still waters. They do not enjoy strife and turmoil. They feel safe and comfortable with the shepherd watching over them and guarding them. Sheep 
enjoy feeding time. They attend church regularly. They bring their eating utensils, their Bibles, their notepads, you know, their pens. And nowadays, they're, they're maybe your smartphone or your co- computer or, no, you know, iPad or something. But they'll bring their Bibles in some form to church with them. They love to give of themselves to the work of God. They're co- they are cooperative. We're talking about sheep. We all want to be sheep, don't we? Yes. Now, I, 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 before I was a shepherd, I was a sheep and I tried to be a good sheep. But sheep are cooperative and submitted to godly authority. They know the pastor and will listen to him and follow him as he follows Christ. They get behind the vision the pastor has from God and back him in it. They will not talk. Here's real sheep. Listen, real sheep will not talk bad about the pastor behind his back and will not listen to those who do. So now, you, you know, you can check yourself on that. See if you're a sheep. Real sheep. Good sheep of the Lord's pasture will not talk about their, their under shepherd behind his back. They'll not talk bad about the pastor behind his back and will not listen to those who do. You know, listening to, to bad things is just as bad as saying them yourself. A good, a good sheep will have one pastor and not looking for others to follow. That doesn't mean you won't visit somewhere or listen to other ministers. I said that last week. But you'll have primarily, you'll have one pastor and you'll have one church that you will follow and stick with, you see. A good sheep will not leave when strangers call. And when sheep are directed by God to leave a church, they will communicate properly with the pastor and are the leadership. In other words, they won't just disappear. Or just send a letter or a note or an email. And we talked about that last week. Real sheep, good sheep, when they leave, you'll be able to, the pastor will be able to publicly send them off with his blessing. Did you hear what I just said there? And we've done that here over the years. When people leave a church right, you're able to talk about it publicly. And we've done that. You've been here when people have left, you know, and the Lord's directed them to leave. And we, we just, we, we talk about it and accolade them, you know, and, and send them with our blessing. You understand that. Now in larger churches, you might not be able to do that. But in a smaller and medium-sized church, you know. Because in the larger churches, you know, a lot of times... Folks don't know whether you're there or not. You, you understand that. But in a smaller to medium sized setting, you know, a, a, a sheep will leave. In, if a sheep is, is leaving, they'll do it in such a way that you can talk about it publicly. Sheep won't just send you a, a note or an email or something like that or just disappear. And they sure won't tell you 10 minutes before service like I told you last week. Pastor, this is our last Sunday. You know, how, how does that make a pastor feel before he gets up in the pulpit, you know? And when sheep leave a church, they will not draw others with them. They won't draw others with them. They won't draw others with them. I remember when Diane and I had, had to leave, and I never have really talked about this, but when we had to leave, notice I said had, when we had to leave the church we were a part of for many, many years. It was out in the Allenton area. Does anybody know where Allenton is? Right across from Six Flags, you know? 
And, uh, and we, we, the, it was untenable there. It had gotten to the point, the controlling, and I'm, I'm not saying this to run anybody down, but you want to know how did I leave a church? Well, we couldn't stay there anymore. It was the controlling and the manipulation was such that we just, we just, we just, it was untenable. And so we went in and called a meeting with the pastor and we sat down with the pastor and we told him exactly privately, you know, and of course the Lord was dealing with us anyway to come over here to Fenton and begin a church. But we sat down with him and we, we, we said, we'll stay here as long as you need us to stay until you can feel, because we'd volunteered for years and never got paid a penny for it, just volunteered for years. And, and we were faithful, and I could say we were faithful. We weren't always perfect, but we were faithful. And Diane was a whole lot more perfect than me, but be that as it may, we served faithfully. I remember one time I showed up there, uh, I volunteered there in the office, and I was supposed to get there at 9. I got there at 7 o'clock in the morning and I got chewed out for coming in two hours early and accused of not being submitted to godly authority because he told me to be there at 9 and I came in at 7. Okay, so, and I was a volunteer. All right, so, I, and we say, why do you say that? Well, sometimes we need to say these things. It's been all these years, maybe it's time you all know. And it was miserable. It was a miserable deal. And, and that was just one among many things that I could say. And so we had no choice. And so we called a meeting with him. And, uh, and we gave him, a, uh, we said, we'll stay till you fill our position. Or I said, up to about two months, maybe three. And then we'd like to, we need to go on. And I'll never forget his response to me. He said, lay your keys on my desk and get out of my office. And so... And he said, if you go to, and he said, if you go to Fenton and start a church, I'll fight you and I'll try to get your, uh, your ministerial credentials taken away from you. So we went ahead with the plan of God. Now here's the thing you need to know when we, I've never talked about this, but I'll tell you this. We didn't draw one person. We didn't call one person. We actually, we cut off all, con all contact with people that we knew at that church because I didn't want to draw a soul, not one person. And I never invited one person to come here, not one, neither did my wife. And now in the process of time, because some of those people, it was untenable for them to stay there. Uh, they, in the process of time, as time went on, they left and other, some of them went here, some of them went there, hither and yon. And there were some that came here to this church. But when they came, before they came, now we're going back decades now, we're, you know, we're 27 years back, 25 years back. And I, I asked the men, I got with the men, you know, because couples, I got with the husbands. And I said, I said, you know, uh, you better, or I said, are you sure God wants you to come here? There's a lot of good churches in the area. And, uh, and, and, and I don't want even the very appearance of, of evil. And they said, no, we, we, we feel like God wants you to, wants us to come here. So, so, so I let him come. And there's just a handful of them. And that pastor went on. He did fine for many years. You understand? The pastor of that church. He did just fine. And, uh, 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 and, and some of the people that came here, they, they came, stayed for a while, then they went other places, so on and so forth, you know. But, uh, but that's the way we left. And I think we did it honorably. What else were we going to do? 
But there's a good ending to that story. That pastor and I made amends. And eventually he retired or semi-retired and went out on the mission field. And this church here supported him on the mission field or helped support him for many years. So I can sleep at night knowing the way that my wife and I treated him. And then when he ultimately retired, then we stopped supporting him because he came off the mission field. So I can sleep at night. That's the way I did it. But a lot of people won't even give you notice. They'll just leave or they'll just send you a note or whatever. So that's sheep. Let's talk about goats. Goats, uh, Matthew 25, 33. Now, I never shared what I just said until publicly until right there, but now you know. And I'm not a sheep thief. I've never invited anybody, I told you last week, from another church to come to this church. Sheep thief tend to die young. Matthew 25, 33. Jesus said, now let's get into the new material here. Matthew 25, 33. And he will set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. Now, the goats in this context are lost people. But the goats I'm talking about here today are saved people, all right. They're saved, all right. But they have the following characteristics. And you need to realize that in the, in the sheepfold, there's a lot of sheep, but there's also a lot of goats. Goats. And so now I'm going to give you the characteristic, characteristics of goats. Now, first of all, there's a difference between uh, sheep and goats. Now, I've learned this, too, that, that sometimes uh, you can get a, a, a person that could be a sheep or could be a goat, depending on, on who they're around. You know, it, 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 when I taught school, I would have some students that, that, that they had some behavior problems, but if you put them around kids that didn't have behavior problems, they were just fine. But I had other kids that they were kind of borderline on their behavior. And if, but if you put them around certain kids, the behavior was terrible. And I've watched this with folks over the years. Some pe- folks, they have goat tendencies. But if you get them around a bunch of good sheep, they'll, they'll act like the sheep. But then, then again, you have some, some sheep that, that, that if you, you know, have some goat tendency, you put them around the goats, they'll act like the goats. So you know it's important who you hang around. Find, find you some good sheep in the local church and hang around them. Stay away from the goats. You understand. But here's, the, here's some, if you're taking notes, here's some characteristics of goats. First of all, sheep, sheep want to help wherever there's a need. But goats tend to only want to help in areas where they can be in charge. Sheep work well behind the scenes. Goats want to work out front where they can be seen. There's an old saying, sheep's bah and goats butt. In other words, goats regularly butt the pastor. Now we're assuming the pastor is a good godly shepherd. And there's nothing wrong with questioning your pastor and asking him questions and, and asking him, why are you doing what you're doing? There's nothing wrong with that. You shouldn't follow anybody blindly. You understand that? But I'm talking about in the context of having a good pastor, a good shepherd that's heard from God and is doing the best he can to follow that plan. See, the sheep will follow that pastor. But the goats won't do it. They're regularly butting the pastor. You know what I mean by that? Qu- 
questioning everything. But, 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 but. And they get their butts in the way of the vision God has given the pastor for the church. And they have trouble submitting to godly authority. If you notice Hebrew, Hebrews 13, 17, Hebrews 13, 17, notice Hebrews 13, 17. Uh, it says to obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. See, that's what a shepherd does. I, ha I have to watch out for your souls. And the Bible says to obey or listen to follow the directions. And then it says is those who must give account. You need to realize that the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to have to give an account. And so is every minister as to the way he treated his congregation. And I believe that congregations are going to have to give an account to the Lord, to the way they treated their pastor. But notice here, let them do so with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So you see what the Bible just said is that you're supposed to make my job easy on me. You know, and I've watched a lot of congregations that have made it difficult on their pastors. It's not a joy for them to pastor their congregations. But again, obey those who have the rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. They must give account. See, so but but the goats don't want to be submissive. They won't submit to godly authority. They're always butting everything again. Nothing wrong with godly in a godly way questioning something, but they're always butting everything. Let me give you some more examples of, of the way goats operate. They regularly second-guess the pastor and his vision from God. I already said that. Ag they're agitators. They cause and enjoy turmoil, unlike the sheep who don't like turmoil. Goats don't like to lie down in green pastures. They like to roam. They don't stay in any one church very long. Now, some do. Some do. Some do. A good number of goats will stay in the same place quite quite a while. But uh, for the most part, goats, ro they're roamers. They roam. They'll be over at this church for a while. And then when the honeymoon wears off over there, then they'll be over at this church for a while. And then when the honeymoon wears off with the pastor there, then they'll be over at that church for a while. Now, some goats do stay in the same location for years and, and decades, but uh, one of the tendencies you'll see goats, they're, they're Roman and they're here for a while, there for a while, here for this church for a while, that church for a while. They're roamers. Uh, here's something else about goats. They'll talk about the pastor behind his back and they'll listen to those who do. I remember one time I got an email. This goes back many years ago. I got an email from a certain person in the church. And they said, uh, Pastor Terry, I, I just heard somebody say thus and so about you in the church. And it was an absolute lie. And normally I just ignore that kind of thing. But I was just in one of those rambunctious moods that day. And so I called this, this person on the phone who, who had attended here for years. And I called the person on the phone. And uh, I, guess, I guess one good thing that this person did, they did bring it to my attention. But I called them on the phone and I said, uh, I said, and I normally don't do this, but have you ever been in one of them rambunctious moods? I called this person on the phone and I said, I want to know, tell me who said that. And this person said, oh, oh, I can't, I can't tell you that. 
I said, why not? There is gossip. Let's let's get to the bottom of it. Let me I'm going to call them up and talk to them about it. You know, the best way to dispel gossip is just face it head on. And so this, I'll never forget what this person said. They, they said, Pastor Terry, I, I, I'm not going to tell you who who told me. I said, you're not. I said, why not? Uh, this person said, because, well, then they won't tell me any other gossip. Goat, 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 goat. And I don't mean greatest of all time either. <laughs> See, I've never talked about these things. I don't do that. But I think it's time now here to say a few things, particularly in the context of this series. And as goats continually, but as they continually butt the pastor and oppose his vision from God, if he is strong, they will leave. And I notice that person has been gone from here now for a long time. Strong. What do you mean strong? It doesn't mean like I'm a dictator beating you over the head, but strong that I'm going to stick with what God wants me to do. I've never swerved off that in all these years. I've taught the word and I've been open to the flow of the Holy Spirit. And but if the pastor is strong, goats will tend to when they can't sway the pastor off of his vision, they'll tend to leave. Otherwise, if the pastor isn't strong, they'll stay and continue to cause problems in the church. Goats usually leave a church because they can't control the pastor and make him move away from his vision from God. They uh, they don't leave a church. Now, here, here it is again, just reading from my notes. Goats don't leave a church gracefully. They disappear with no communication or they'll write a letter, an email or a note at best and give it to the pastor. And then people are wondering, where do they go? Where, do they, Especially in a smaller to medium-sized church, where do they go? Where do they go? And then it leaves it on the pastor to explain why they're not there anymore. And I'll just say this, when folks leave and I don't say anything about it, see, if somebody's leaving right, you can deal, it, deal with it publicly. But when folks leave and I don't say a word about it, which I don't. All I'll tell you is this. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't leave right. Goat. Hey, be a sheep. God may change you. He may want you to go somewhere else. If he does, fine. Just let me know. And I'll send you out with a great blessing. Amen? Amen. Is that right? Absolutely. That's the way it ought to be. You know, God will move people around from time to time. And if the Lord ever told you to go somewhere else, just tell me. Hey, and I'll rejoice with you. And I'll, we'll, we, we won't put it on Facebook, you know, or social media. We'll turn that camera off and we'll have a little, may even have a little party for you, you know. Can you say amen? amen. When people just disappear, there's something. Goat, goat. There, I said it. Now, uh, I'll say this. Also, too, you want me to read from my notes here? I got something else that's interesting. Uh, I've, my wife and I, have, we've watched this over the many years. Goats tend to know more about other sheepfolds than they do their own. In other words, a, a goat will know more about what's going on at the church they just left than the church they're attending. 
Or they'll know more about what's going on at other churches in town than they know about what's going on here. We've watched it over the many years. And whenever a goat leaves here, I jokingly say to my wife, I say, you know what? Because when goats are here, they tend not to really know what's going on around here. They know what's going on everywhere else. So when goats leave here, I tell my wife, I say, these people are going to know more about what's going on here now than they ever did. It's the truth. Now listen to this. Goats, unlike wolves, can co- they can coexist with the sheep. Goats are not meat eaters. And are not worthless. Goats are not worthless. They can contribute a lot of good while attending the local church. When goats leave a church, they tend to draw people with them. And here's how they do it. They do it by using this. The grass is greener over here at this church. Hey, hey, come on over here. We, we left, we left that church and we went over to this this other church, and oh, the grass is greener over here. You know, anything's good. You know, the grass always does look greener on the other side of the fence. It always does. You know why? Because you don't have to mow that yard. But you get over on the other side of that fence, you're going to have to mow that yard too. I've watched it over the years. People have left here and they go to a new church and they just, whoo, it's just the most wonderful thing in the world until the honeymoon wears off and then you got to mow that yard too. But that's how goats will do it. Oh, it's so good over here. It's so wonderful. We're free of that mean old Pastor Terry. I'm really mean, all right? Let me say this. When goats leave the sheepfold, their good points are missed. But the peace from their absence far outweighs the good they contributed. That was a mouthful right there, wasn't it? Let's go on here. Let's go on. Let's talk about wolves. 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 Now remember the, the, the sheep's ba and the goats do what? They butt. And the wolves, now we got the meat eaters. Now watch this, Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Think about that, wolves in sheep's clothing. Think about that. And then in Acts 20, verse 29, Paul says this to the, to the Ephesians before he departs. He says this, For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. He's he's talking about people. Ministers primarily. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw, watch this, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Now it's a scary thing, wolves are. Because they look just like sheep. They're in sheep's clothing. Now we're talking about wolves now. Scary thing. They look just like sheep. And typically a wolf is a preacher wannabe. You know what a wannabe is? A preacher wannabe. Uh, uh, Jesus talked about false prophets in sheep's clothing. Typically wolves are ministry oriented. Not always, but typically. You gotta remember that. They're deceptive and sneaky. They're in sheep's clothing. 
Unlike goats, which are easily recognizable. How can you recognize a goat? The easiest way, they're always butting the pastor. And goats are typically not ministry-oriented, but wolves typically are ministry-oriented. Goats are easy to recognize. Wolves aren't. They're in sheep's clothing. A, a, a wolf... See, a goat's easy to recognize. They're butting the pastor. But a goat, a goat is easily recognizable, butting the pastor. But a wolf is deceptive, not easy to recognize. They're in sheep's clothing. They're not willing to serve wherever needed. Wolves aren't. They love high places. They seek positions of authority to observe their prey and set up their attack on the sheepfold. They're not willing to do behind the scenes tasks. They'll show up to be seen in what they think are important positions like to preach or to sing, but not to greet at the door, usher or clean the building or those sorts of things. Any help that a wolf does give is with ulterior motives to advance themselves. They'll do behind the scenes tasks only if it enables them to preach or lead worship or sing a special. They avoid the pastor or the shepherd as much as possible. And wolves make sheep very nervous and unsettled. But not so much the goats. In fact, the goats tend to gather themselves to the wolves. They will usually, wolves will usually wait until the pastor is away to attack the sheep. And this attack is by drawing sheep away from the pastor. And from the sheepfold. And unto themselves. Remember Paul said that to the Ephesians. That there'll be they'll rise up from among you those speaking perverse things, drawing away disciples after themselves. That's what wolves do. They attack the sheep and the sheepfold by drawing the sheep unto themselves. And the goats too. The sheep, well, they don't want to be around the Wolves, but the goats tend to be more comfortable around the... Let me start over. Let me say that again. The, the sheep are uncomfortable around the wolves. The sheep are uncomfortable around the wolves. But the goats aren't as uncomfortable around the wolves. In fact, the goats tend to go more around the wolves. But the wolves will attack by drawing sheep away and goats from the pasture and the sheepfold and unto themselves... They do this by verbally downgrading the pastor in the church behind the back, pastor's back, of course. See, that's how wolves operate. Goats usually oppose the pastor to his face. Not always, though. Wolves differ from goats by drawing sheep unto themselves. We, we, we've, we've said that. Much more we could say about it. But the end result of the wolf's attack is that the sheep are hurt and scattered. And since wolves are at the church to feed on the sheep and not the word of God, listen to that. Wolves are at the church to feed on the sheep, not on the word of God. The pastor must drive them away. Now, I, my wife and I were talking the other day and in 27 years of ministry, we have had tons of sheep here. Lots of them. And we've had lots of goats. Lots of sheep, lots of sheep. Good sheep, good people. And we've had 
our share of goats. But we've only had five wolves. Five wolves. First one way back yonder when we were in the school. We had a couple in the worship. She wasn't a problem, but he was. And I was going to have to uh, tell him to go, but they left. I didn't have to do it. That was good. And then we had another one back there in the days of the school that he wanted to be on the worship team. And uh, he came to some practices and we checked his references. What he wanted, he wanted to play the, I think he played the guitar and he wanted to sing and he wanted a microphone. Well, we checked his references and he had been at like three other churches and tore them up. And the pastors that were given the references said, whatever you do, don't give him a microphone. Well, when this guy met with us, he said, he said, when can I get on the worship team? Because he was just coming to practices. And I said, well, you can get on a worship team when you start helping us. Watch this, helping us load and unload all that sound equipment. Well, he didn't want to really do that, but he was willing to go along with that if he could get on a worship team. And then and then uh, he said, uh, now, when I get on the worship team, can I have a microphone? Now, what, what, what was the references on him? Don't do that. Don't give him a microphone. He said, when can I get a microphone? Because he wanted to sing and he start prophesying and saying stuff like that, you know. And uh, and so I said, uh, he said, when can I get a microphone? I said, never. He said, well, what does that mean? Does that mean two weeks? I said, never. He said, what does that mean? Never. Well, maybe you're talking about maybe after a month or two. I said, never. He said, you mean I can never have a microphone in your church? I said, you can never have a microphone in our church. And guess what? We never saw him again. And then I remember some years ago, we had a a youth minister. And uh, uh, insubordinate. And I talked to him about it on several occasions. Now, he was he did a good job in the youth ministry. But his heart, you know, you can have people with skills and they can do things. But if their heart's not right, you know what I mean? It's a problem. So he did a good job in the youth ministry, but his heart was wasn't good. He's insubordinate. And and, and I talked with him several times about it and insubordinate. So finally, I called him in. And I said, now you're going to have to straighten some things up. My wife will tell you, if I have to call you in, you've gone way over the line. And I called him in, talked to him. And uh, and I said, now you're going to have to straighten these things up or you're going to have to I'm going to have to dismiss you. He said, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, excuse me. He said, "Uh, are you sure you want to dismiss me? And, and I, I said, well, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to have to. He said, uh, you better think through that real good. He said, if, uh, if you dismiss me, three-fourths of your church is going to walk with me. Leave. And I said, you know what we're about to find out? He looked at me. And I said, we're about to find out if this church is built on you or Jesus. And I said, there's the door. And out he went. And then he went up the road here about a mile away, mile and a half, whatever, maybe two miles. Started church in a, in an elementary school, I think it was. And, uh, drew some of the, I don't know, he took a handful of goats out of here. Just, just a few. Lasted a couple of months. The thing bellied up, flopped. I remember two of those goats wanted to come back. We let one come back, but the one was so much trouble. 
we said to that person, no, no, don't come back. Just go find somewhere else. You don't need to realize I had to deal with some of these things. See, I never said a word till now. Had another. Now, I will say this. I'll call his name. How many remembers Ryan? He was great. Absolutely great. And I call his name because I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about him. And then I had another one, that assistant. And uh, there again, he's very competent, but had a heart issue. See, these wolves a lot of times are competent, but they have heart issues. They're not loyal. They're not, they're not loyal. And so uh, in the process of time, I was going to have to dismiss him, but he resigned. And then it just got so untenable, I just told him to go on. See, again, a lot of times wolves, you'll find this with, with wolves, they're very competent in their skills of what they do, but they have heart issues. They're not loyal. That's where the problem is. And then, and, and then I remember one other one. The fifth one was a couple that attended here many years back. And they looked like, they looked like sheep. They looked like just wonderful, wonderful sheep, but they were anything but. And they had been to other churches and what they would do, that he wanted to be a pastor, but he wasn't. And what happened was, is because he could never get a following, he would go to other churches and he'd settle in, him and his wife would settle in there. And what they would do is they'd try to pastor within the church. And they'd draw people unto themselves within the church. And they had done it other places. I wasn't aware of it till they got here. And they started doing it here. And it caused much turmoil, much problems. And I was going to have to ask them, or not just ask them, I was going to have to tell them to go, but they left before I had to do that. So, don't be a wolf, and hopefully this will help you recognize wolves so you don't get chewed up by them. Now, let me conclude with guard dogs. Let's conclude with guard dogs. Guard dogs are the leadership under the pastor. I remember I taught this material. This is the second time I've ever taught this material. I taught this material about 14 years ago. And I had a guy with me back at that time was one of the best guard dogs you could ever have. And uh, he, uh, he moved away, unfortunately. And, and when I taught this, uh, I remember I ta started talking about guard dogs. He, he'd always sit over here to my right and uh, he, uh, when I started talking about guard dogs, he went, rrr, rrr. <laughs> glory to God. He was a good, he was a good guard dog. You say, well, what are you talking about guard dogs? Well, let me tell you and then we'll conclude. Guard dogs are the leadership under the pastor. They're like the assistant pastor, youth pastor, elders, deacons, these kind of people. And a good guard dog will keep the wolves out. And the goat's in line with the pastor's vision from God. Now again, we're assuming we've got a good godly pastor here. Not a dictator, but a good godly pastor. A good guard dog will keep the wolves out and the goats in line with the pastor's vision from God, allowing the pastor to study and pray and minister effectively to the flock instead of continually, continually having to deal with the problems created by goats and wolves. Guard dogs are placed by the pastor or the shepherd on the perimeter of the sheepfold to assist the shepherd in guarding the sheep and keeping them safe from the wolves. Guard dogs help the pastor protect the sheep from the wolves. Listen to this. Not to protect the pastor from the sheep. Now I watched this years ago when I was in my, uh, as a kid, my uh, uh, 20s. 
There's a certain church I observed. Now listen to this. And he had his leaders set up to keep the sheep away from him. He'd show up to the church just a few minutes before the service. He'd come up, preach, and then he'd have his, his leaders, his henchmen get around him and usher him back and wouldn't be touchable to the sheep. How many of you know a shepherd ought to be touchable to the sheep? A shepherd ought to smell like the sheep. Why? Because he's been up around the sheep. Is that right? But I watched this particular, as a kid, I made mental notes. You know, I have an old hat. It means observer. I observe. And this guy didn't want to, he wanted to pastor the people. He wanted the people to show up. He wanted the people to tithe and give offerings, but he didn't have time for the people. And he had his, his, his guard dogs protect him from the people. I noticed that pastor that did that, he's dead in his mid-50s. So guard dogs are not there to protect the pastor from the sheep. And they're not there to protect the sheep from the pastor. I watched this in a certain situation too, where this certain individual thought it was his calling to protect the uh, sheep from the pastor. So he would get in the church and he would, he would kind of get, 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 get wedged in between the pastor and the sheep. And this guy, he thought his calling was to protect the sheep from the pastor. I noticed he's dead young too. You got to be careful with the way you deal in sheepfolds. You got to be careful with the way you deal with God's sheep. You got to be careful with the way you deal with God's shepherds. God takes it personally. Now, listen, I've talked about some people falling dead, haven't I? Now, now in fairness, not everybody who is, who is treated sheep badly or shepherds badly have died young. Not everybody has. So, and I'm not saying any of these people died because of the way they treated their pastor or their congregation. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's happened enough that it ought to have our attention. And we need to all treat shepherds well and we shepherds ought to treat the congregation well. Is that right? Absolutely the truth. Now listen, as I close here, say a few more things. Some interesting things. Listen carefully. Guard dogs, and we're talking about leaders under the pastor, are respected by the pastor, the sheep, the goats, and the wolves. Guard dogs must be extra cautious because they will be approached by wolves and goats. If the guard dogs stand behind the pastor, the church will be strong and healthy. A guard dog will always turn on the wolf or the goat, never on the pastor, assuming the pastor is a good godly individual. A key to success in any church is the guard dogs who are the leaders under the pastor. They keep the wolves out. The sheep and the goats follow the guard dogs. As the guard dogs follow the pastor... As the pastor follows Christ. And if you can get that going in a church where you've got good leaders under the pastor who keep the wolves out and uh, get the sheep following the way going to where they're supposed to go, uh, keep the goats going the way they're supposed to go, and then the guard dogs following the shepherd, the pastor, as the pastor's following Christ, then you got your good church. The most devastating event that could ever happen to any church is if a guard dog turns wolf. And this is actually more devastating than a wolf's attack. And the reason is, is that the shepherd and the sheep trust the guard dog. And if a guard dog turns wolf, 
what happens is the guard dog that turns wolf will let the goats butt and will let the wolves in to attack the sheep undetected and then turn on the shepherd and along with the wolves and the goats totally devastate and destroy the shepherd, the sheep, and the entire sheepfold. This is sobering material, isn't it? And I know I went through it fairly quickly. So you may need to go back on Facebook or somewhere and listen to it again. But it's some sobering information. Something that every, every pastor ought to know. Something that every person who attends a church ought to know. And I want to just say this before I close. And I'm confident of this, and I've said it throughout this message, but I'm going to close by saying this. Serious thing, and this is going to come up, I'm convinced, at the judgment seat of Christ. And every believer is going to have to give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we saw earlier, we know for sure that the, that the pastors are going to have to give an account to the Lord. We read that earlier, the book of Hebrews. I believe every pastor is going to be asked, how did you treat your congregation? And I tell you what, I've missed it in a lot of areas over the years. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I tell you what, and I seldom say anything like this, but I'm looking forward to standing before the Lord on how I've treated my congregation. Because I believe I've treated my congregation over the years with respect and love and tenderness and kindness. And I'll seldom say anything to accolade myself, but that's one thing. I missed it in a lot of ways, but that's one thing I'm looking forward to. to. Uh, I have no fear of standing before the Lord. I, I've wronged no man. I've cheated nobody. I haven't bilked anybody out of a penny. But also, too, there are people who have treated their pastors like dirt. And you're going to have to give account to that to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you what, and I felt impressed of the Spirit of the Lord to say this. If you're out there and you've treated, if you're a pastor out there and you've treated your congregation poorly, repent. But it's not enough just to repent before the Lord. You need to go before that congregation and apologize. And likewise, if you're a member of a congregation and you've treated your pastor like dirt, you repent before the Lord, but that's not enough. You're going to have to go before your pastor. You don't have to do it publicly, but privately, and apologize to him. Absolutely the truth. And that's scriptural. That's scriptural. A lot of people want to wrong folk, and then they want to go before the Lord and ask the Lord to forgive them. Well, you need to do that, but you also need to go make it right with that person that you wronged. You understand that? I said, did you understand that? Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, if you've wronged somebody privately, you apologize privately. But if you've wronged somebody publicly, then you apologize publicly. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And I tell you what, I'm convinced there's a lot of church members at the judgment seat of Christ are going to suffer loss. And their works are going to be burned. They'll be saved, but their works are going to be burned because they've talked badly about their, their shepherd. They've talked, they, they've run him down. They've, they've said disparaging things about him. They've listened to bad things about him. I tell you what, settling day is going to come. It may not be in this life in which we live here, but eventually every Christian is going to give an account for the way they've treated their pastor. Just like a pastor will have to give account for the way he's treated his church. 
So, ask yourself the question, which one are you? Are you a goat? Are you a sheep? What are you? Ask yourself the question. If you're in one of these bad groups, repent. Amen. Well, stand with me if you would. If you're out there on social media and you've never become... Hey, if you need to repent, if you found yourself to be in one of these bad areas, repent and get in the right area. Amen. Otherwise, if you've never become a member of, of God's sheepfold, you do so by repenting of your sins and asking Jesus to come into your heart. If you'll do that, tell you what, you'll become a sheep of God's pasture just like that. You'll miss hell, make heaven. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Sobering stuff today. Think about it. God bless you. Bye bye.